Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. We're going to begin in verse 11. Um, this is basically a very, very short section. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I'm hoping to get to verses 14 and 15 today. So let's, let's just jog through this, shall we? Are we good? All right. 1 John chapter 5 and beginning in verse 11, the Apostle John says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. So this, he says this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And he says, and this life is in his Son. And uh, see, what's sad about all of this is, you know, in rejecting God's testimony what we, is what we saw previously, what, have they, what they've done is denied themselves God's ultimate gift of eternal life, which we find here can only be found in his Son. All right, and that's why he says again, and this life is in his sons. In other words, having begun in verse 9 by enc uh, encouraging us to believe God's testimony regarding his son, he now goes on to reveal, this is the Apostle John, goes on to reveal what God's testimony actually is by saying that firstly, God has, had given us eternal life. And secondly, that this life is in his son. See, this is what's so different. It's, you know, we don't find eternal life outside of Jesus Christ. We don't, we don't believe Jesus just as, you know, a good guy and, and kind of a good prophet and everything else. He is God and He is life. Are you all with me? When we receive Him, we don't just receive religion. <laughs> Amen? We receive life and it is eternal life. Do you understand that that eternal life is what carries you throughout eternity? Do you understand that the moment that you got saved, you begun your eternal existence with God? It doesn't happen after you die and go to heaven. Amen? Okay. So with regard to the eternal life that God has given us, the Spirit-filled uh, Life Bible says that eternal life signifies not only endless life, but a quality of life that comes only to those who have faith in Jesus. Do you, did you get that? It's not just endless life, but it's a quality of life. And family, we need to be living that quality of life. It, sh it shouldn't be just an existence. Amen? We should be living a life that is quality, marked by quality. Hallelujah. Next, in relation to this eternal life, being in God's Son, Colin G. Cruz explains that eternal life is identified with Jesus Christ. He is, in fact, eternal life. And the thing is, let me rephrase that. He, in fact, is eternal life. Did you get that? He is eternal life. Okay. Uh, the eternal life that was with the Father from the beginning. Isn't that incredible? The life that was with God from the beginning is the life that you get on the inside of you. Wow. Amen. Okay. So this fact was already brought out in First uh, John chapter 1 and verse 2. Let me just quickly do a recap of that verse. It says, this, is one, uh, this one who is life from God was shown to us, and we have seen him. And now we testify, announce to you, that he, that is Jesus Christ, is the one who is eternal life. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so sorry if there are another translation up there. So having established this fact, the Apostle John now reveals its relevance to us with the uh, Full Life Study Bible saying that eternal life is Christ's life in us. We have it as we maintain a vital faith relationship with Him. So that's how we keep that life. We need to maintain that relationship with Him. Are you all with me? Amen? You know, every time you go into prayer, it should be that you come out with life, not that you come out exhausted. <laughs> okay? You are spending time with eternal life. 
Are you all with me? You know, if you ever come out exhausted, all you have done is gone in there and kind of prayed with yourself. And I just say, don't do that, okay? Because you'll stop. You won't form a prayer habit if you go out there and exhaust yourself. Nobody wants that. Amen? You know, what should be happening is you go in there, you pray, and you don't want to come out. And God says, okay, you got to go to work now. He says, we get another five minutes, okay? You know, one of those things? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, and that's exactly what the Apostle John goes into saying in the next verse, verse 12. 1 John 5, 12. He says, he who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son does not have life. Well, that's simple enough, isn't it? First of all, in his commentary, Colin G. Cruz, let me give you some quotes anyway. All right. Aren't I sweet? I give you all this information. Okay. All right. He says, to have the Son means to be indwelt by the Son, something which, when viewed from the human perspective, takes place when people believe in him. Therefore, to have the Son is to have eternal life because the Son himself is the eternal life that was with the Father. Th that, was uh, that was the significance of what Jesus said in John 14, 6. John chapter 14, verse 6, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you all remember that? Remember, notice he says, I am the life. He didn't say, I'm a life. He said, I am the life. You know, when you say it, it's some, it's something is the something, that's all there is. Amen. Okay. So following this, Apostle John went on to say again in the latter half of verse 12, he says, he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. You know, that is just as clear as, as anything. In his commentary, I, Howard Marshall says that those who deny that Jesus is the Son of God have cut themselves off from the life of God. I want you to think about that for a minute. You know, people sort of say, I don't want religion. Just say, no, you're cutting yourself from the life of God. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, people wake up and go, God, blue Monday. Well, you don't have the life of God in you. You know, your Monday will sh brighten and, 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 and glow if you have God. Do you know what? Let me just stop for a second. Oh, I want to get through this, but let me stop for one second. Okay, let me just say this to you. Do you know, it, it, remember um, Jesus said that you are the light of the world, you're the salt of the earth. Okay, remember world and earth. Okay, oh, anyway. So the, the thing that he's saying is that, you know, you need to be the light. You need to be the salt. You don't need other things to light you and salt you. Amen. You know, we should be people that have life on the inside of us going somewhere to happen. We shouldn't be people that are empty looking for life. You know, people that are doing that should find you. You know, okay? They should go, oh, life, you know, and get drawn to you. Shouldn't be the other way around. See, family, that, that's, the, you know, that's what all of this comes down to at the end of the day. As much as I'm sharing all this with you, you need, see, this is eternal life. It is a life that, you, you know, they were following Jesus in crowds. Amen. This life has the ability to do more than just change the atmosphere. Now, it will change the atmosphere. When you walk in, the room should brighten up. Anything demonic should start moving away. Darkness should start dispelling whenever you walk into a place, by the way. And when you walk out, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> you, know? you pray for him and hope for the best. But anyway, but the thing is that wherever you go, demons should go away. Are you all here? Amen. And so you should be the person that brings life and brings an anointing and, you know, changes things. But also... As time goes on, 
what you'll begin to realize is this life isn't just something that, you know, changes the atmosphere. It can change, you know, the, the physical situation of someone as well. Amen? And it's only as we tap into this eternal life, we will begin to understand that, it, you know, healing and all of that is just an outflow of that life. Are you all with me? It shouldn't be a big deal. It should be something that just happens. And I'm, I'm, I, you know, I've decided we're moving towards that now. Amen. Uh, okay, amen, all right. <laughs> we're going to move towards that and we're going to allow God to start moving, uh, you know, in us and through us and allow him to do this work. Amen? Amen. Don't be afraid, you know. Okay, all right. Anyway. Because about my reputation, you don't have one. Yeah, <laughs> you, you lost it. You know, you, it should be lost in Christ. Amen. Remember the Apostle Paul says, I count all of that stuff. You know, in, in, in a very short way, I could say this. I, call, I, I count my reputation as nothing. All my learning and all my degrees and everything else, he says, that is all useless compared to God. I understand that. I understand there's a difference between, you know, having knowledge in your head and having the difference between intelligence and life. There is something to life that brings an intelligence with it. Amen. It's called the wisdom of God and it's just outstanding. Anyway, back to this. Where was I? I lost myself now. Uh, did I do that one? Yes. Okay. So uh, let me just read this again. Uh, they would have forgotten by now. Okay, so, <laughs> so those, <laughs> those who deny Jesus is the Son of God have cut themselves off from the life of God. No matter how much they may protest that they, that they do in fact possess it, for that the life that God gives is available only through His Son. He alone is the way, the truth, and the life, as we saw. Continuing on to verse 13. In his style of linking the beginning of a new section with the end of the previous one, the Apostle John now carries over the concepts of eternal life and the title, the Son of God, into his concluding statement of purpose for writing this letter and says now in 1 John 5 and verse 13, we're getting there, okay, he says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. See, that's why he's saying, I've written this so you know. You don't have to guess. You know that you have eternal life. Amen? And he goes on to say, that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. A couple of quotes and we're finished here. Colin G. Cruz explains, to believe in the name means the same as believing in the person who bears the name. Which of course is Jesus Christ. Are you all with me? Okay. Next, John MacArthur says, while John wrote his gospel to bring unbelievers, the gospel now, okay? His gospel to bring unbelievers to faith. He wrote the epistle to give believers confidence that they possess eternal life. Do you all know the difference? Okay. So one was to bring people to Christ. The other one was to let people know that were in Christ, that they were in Christ. <laughs> okay. All right. Accordingly, I Howard Marshall says that John was therefore writing not to persuade unbelievers of the truth of the Christian faith, but rather to strengthen Christian believers. This is why I'm preaching this to you. Okay. To strengthen Christian believers who might be tempted to doubt the reality of their Christian experience. And to give up their faith in Jesus. Are you all with me? Amen. You know, this is not so bad here as much as, you know, some countries where they're getting persecuted. They really need to know this stuff. Are you all with me? And you might say, well, why do I need to know? Well, because you might talk to some of them. Besides that, you need to know this stuff anyway. Amen. Okay, finally. Do you know maturity isn't about you just know the stuff that just uh, suits you. Maturity is knowing stuff that helps everyone. 
You need to know stuff for you and everybody else. Amen? Of course, do the stuff you know. All right? Finally, in his commentary, William MacDonald summarizes it all by saying that the scriptures, or these things, as the Apostle John puts it, were written so that those who believe on the Lord Jesus may have assurance that they are saved. There is no need of hoping or guessing or feeling or groping in the dark. I like that. Okay. <laughs> it is not presumption for one to say that he or she is saved. John states in the clearest possible manner that those who truly believe and continue to believe in the Lord Jesus may know that they have eternal life. You all good? Amen. Verse 14. Okay. <laughs> now, having said all of that, and this is what we were leading up to, he says, now watch. He says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. Watch how he leads into this. He's saying, listen, you now know that you have eternal life. You now know that you belong to the, 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 not only the body of Christ, but the family of God. Remember he said, behold, what manner of love? Okay, that the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. And then he says, now we are the sons of God. You need to remember all of that. You also need to remember what we talked about in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. Whatsoever, born, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen. All right, so we need to remember all of this as we come into verse 14. He says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Did you all get that? See, you need to understand that if you are loving the brethren, remember we talked about love as well. I told you all of this was leading to something. You know, if we keep his commandments, if we love, the, you know, love our brothers and sisters, if we do the things that God tells us to do, that we walk in that eternal life, we demonstrate that we have that eternal life. And then he says, here's our confidence. This is our confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him. That now if we ask anything according to his will, because we won't, any, we won't ask anything outside of his will, because we've come this far. Did y'all get that? <laughs> okay. All right. I told you I'd stop. I, I'm, not, I'm not going slow anymore. All right. So go rewatch this if you have to. So the, the, the whole point is this. He's saying, listen, because you're doing this, and you better be doing all this stuff, because you know to do this stuff. Uh, let me say it that way. Okay. <laughs> all right. I want to see me doing it. All right. Let's, I hope you are. All right. Because you know to do all this stuff, he says, now we can have confidence that we'll ask stuff according to his will, not outside of his will. And he says, if we ask, so notice again, he says that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And what's the, 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 the significance of hearing? And he says in the next verse, and if we know that he hears us, watch this. He says, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we asked of him. Amen. So the whole thing is, let's make sure he hears. Let's make sure that we ask in, in a way that he does hear. Because if we ask the right way, and he hears according to his will, okay, and he hears, then you can have whatever we ask. I mean, this is a 100% answered prayer. Did you all get that? You know, that, that's what we're trying to get to. Amen? I don't want us to be groping in the dark and hoping that, you know, maybe, maybe this one will come through. <laughs> Amen. You know, I said uh, a long time ago, I said, you know, don't make up your own prayer list. Go to God and find out what his list for you is. It'll be a much better list than yours. Trust me. Amen. You know, we, we're always trying to get the, we're, we're kind of, how can I put this? 
we're trying to get to the end without the middle and the end that we're getting to isn't the end that God had planned for us and so it's not such a great end anyway when we get to it instead of the end that God planned for us which was so much better than that end this end is you know okay this end is so much better okay and this end has all kind of blessings attached to it it is something that would surprise you bless you cause you to go wow God had no idea that kind of blessing are you all with me? And so that, you know, that, that's the whole thing. We need, that's why I said just go to God and find out what His will is and then pray it. If we ask according to His will, well, I'm not sure what His will is. Well, that's your first prayer. <laughs> Amen. Go spend some time and say, what's your will? Amen. Don't decide what you want. Go decide, find out what He has planned for you. It, I, I will guarantee you, you know, a lot of people don't want to do that. Do you know why? They think, well, I think God won't really give me as much as I want. You have no idea, dude. The amount He's got for you, you, you leave your jaw open for a week. Hello. You know what I'm trying to say? And if you hear anything less, it ain't God. You took something else in with you. Rebuke it. <laughs> Amen. Now, let me, you know, let me throw something at you right now because this is not a uh, popular doctrine. Okay. Uh, I need to just say this very quickly. There are some things that you're going to have to suffer through. Listen carefully now. Okay. I'm a, I'm a word of faith preacher. Okay. Listen. Okay. Because we are in a fallen world. Not because God's trying to teach you a lesson. I don't know how many, how, how many commentaries I've read, and it's just like, dear God, you know, you guys need to get off of this. But, the, you know, the, the, this isn't about, see, uh, some of them will talk from both sides of their mouth as well, you know. <laughs> I'll get you some quotes in a minute, okay? Just but g- give me a second here. The, the thing is that so much of the time, you know, they mix up what's happening because we're in a fallen world with God putting us, putting us in a situation. You know, and, and, and him causing the problem. He is never the cause of the problem. But can I say this to you? If he asks you to go into something that, is, that has a problem in it, it's because he knows you're one of his generals. He won't ask you to go do something that you can't do. So we are in a fallen world and he looks to see who is up to the task. Do you understand? So if he leads you into something that's a little bit hard, it's not because he wants to, you know, make life difficult for you. It's because he knows you can do this. And somebody needs to do it. And somebody needs help. And he's not going to send somebody that's going to fall apart. So if he sends you into something, know that, you know, he's kind of commissioned you to go in and do something. Something extraordinary. And you need to be honored by that. And then you need to understand that you need to, you, you, you need to lean on him. You need his wisdom. You need his strength. You need all the stuff. Angels and everything that goes with that. And know that it all is going with you. That you're not going in there by yourself. Are you all with me? Okay. So I, I'm just bringing this out because sometimes I think that we're looking for a life that has absolutely no uh, problems. And you know, if any problem comes up, where did we miss God and everything else? You know what I'm trying to say? That's not the thing, man. If God's leading you into something and sometimes he'll lead you into something that is difficult, but only because he wants to get them out of a problem. This isn't about you having a difficulty. This is about you being able to go and change the situation so that it's better for them. And then you get rewarded. Hallelujah. It's never without reward. Are you all with me? Amen. Okay. 
Anyway, just had to get that off my chest. Let's move on. All right, because the reason I said all of that is this. You know, I don't want you to think that, you know, when we talk about his will and we talk about, you know, receiving everything that we want, it's not about can candy and, and donuts and, you know. I love all that stuff, but can you tell? Anyway, but, you know, it, it, you know, some days it's about broccoli and, you know, okay, zucchinis and all those kind of awesome vegetables, spinach. Mom used to call it spinach, you know, anyway, whatever. Okay, so let's move on. <laughs> the Apostle John began this thought that he's now going on in verses 14 and 15 in uh, chapter 5. Actually, he began this thought in chapter 3. So let's go back for a minute to 1 John chapter 3 and verses 21 and 22. 1 John chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. He said, remember he said, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Remember we talked about our heart condemning you. Remember that it wasn't God. We need to be careful that, you know, that things that we have issues with, you know, that's why the Apostle Paul in Romans, I believe, you know, he said, some, you know, to some people, certain days are really important. To others, nobody cares, <laughs> okay? And, you know, he just said, to some people, certain foods are a problem. And, you know, also, that he just went down a, a list, and you could infer a lot of things that he was saying. What he was saying is this, and if you're one of those people that you don't have an issue with certain things, don't have an issue with them, but if you are with somebody that has an issue, don't, you know, uh, force your uh, liberality on them. You know, if, if they've got an issue, just work with it. Are you all with me? You know, we, we need to be all things to all people in that sense. Do you understand? Okay. Without compromising God, we need to be that way. Okay. And, you know, it's, so th this is what we're talking about. If your heart condemns you over something, you know, check and see if, the, if you've done something wrong, first of all. If you haven't, and, you know, if there's a guilt that you're carrying that you've already confessed you know, to God, then you shouldn't be carrying that anymore. You need to go and check and see what the problem is. Do you understand that once you, you know, First John 1, 9, when he says, if you confess your sin, or, you know, if you acknowledge your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you right then. He's not going to say, I don't know. We might wait a while. You know, this is the 16th time. You know, he can count. <laughs> this week. <laughs> you know, you, you, you sin more times than there are days in the week. I don't know about this. I, I, I'm going to have to wait on this one. You know, let him sweat for a while. Mm, carry the guilt. That is, <laughs> that is not God. You might think it's God. It ain't. When that stuff comes up, you rebuke it in Jesus' name. Amen? You just come against yourself. You don't allow that stuff to weigh you down. Do you understand? You, you see, as long as that stuff... see. Let me just go through that very quickly. I don't know why I'm doing all this. But anyway, you know, see, you need to understand something. That the reason it's there is not to give you a license to sin. It's a license to serve. Because as soon as you get that weight off of you, you'll find that you want to do something for someone else as opposed to sit there and wallow about what, what you did wrong today. And then you're useless to everybody. You're all with me? You know that, that, that kind of self-condemnation, humility trip is not... <laughs> It's just you, dude. Just get off of it. Okay? Move on. Do you understand? I have found that, you know, in the past, okay, whenever I was, you know, uh, I guess condemning myself over something that I did wrong, that I know I shouldn't have done, that, you know, you know, and I did it. Okay? Am I the only one? Okay, thank you. All right. So, you know, and so you sit there and you think, why did I do See, the whole time I'm doing that, I'm not doing anything for God. You know, all I'm doing is wallow, wallow, wallow. 
swallow a bit more. That's it. Nobody gets nothing from me. Where's pastor? Wallowing. Is he praying for anybody? No, just wallowing. Will he be finished soon? I don't know. Go check. We'll check in and out. <laughs> you know, you, do, you can't have me doing that stuff. You need prayer. I don't need to be wallowing in something. Amen. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen. See, the whole point of that was so that you could serve, so that this weight would be lifted off you, the darkness would be lifted, and you could move forward. And, you know, can I say this? The more you engage in things, the less you have time to do the wrong thing. By the way, anyway, just throw that one out there. Let's get back to this. So he says again, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, and make sure it doesn't confess, get over it, we have confidence toward God, verse 22. And then he said, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Remember I told you those things, those were in the past. Okay, we still need to be doing all that stuff. Amen? All right, so without going into too much detail, since we've already covered this again, this is where the Apostle John set the first condition for answered prayer, which was a confident heart toward God. Can I get amen on that? Amen. Okay. Based on keeping his commandments and doing those things that are pleasing in his sight which included believing Jesus Christ, loving one another, and living uh, in, faith, uh, in the faith and power of God. That was a real quick recap. Okay, go back, listen to it. Okay, so, <laughs> well, you know. So now he goes on to add to this incredible revelation yet another powerful truth, and that is asking according to God's will, thereby knowing, not guessing, hoping, but knowing. Do you all understand about knowing? Okay, you know certain things. You know, you can guess some things. Like, you know, <laughs> you, somebody gives you their keys for their house. You, you, you guess which key goes in, you know, and it takes a while before you get the right one. But if it's your car and your keys, you know which one goes where. Are you all with me? Okay, that's the knowing, all right? All right. So once again here, he says, he, he adds this revelation, the powerful truth that asking according to his will, that, listen, that you can know. When you ask according to his will, you can know that your prayer will be answered. Not maybe, not might, but it will. See, that's when you come against the enemy if the thing doesn't come. Do you hear what I said? See, one of the problems that we have is that we, because we're not sure we prayed according to God's will, then we're kind of not sure that God isn't giving it to us or you know, whether the devil got in the way or what happened. I'm, 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 I'm helping you now, okay? I need you guys to get to a place where, that's why I said the first thing you might need to do is go to God and check what you need to be praying about. Once you get that answer, then you need to hang on and you need to fight through. What is sad is people decide they want something and then they're fighting and fighting and fighting and not getting it because God's probably going, that's not my will. Fight as much as you want, but if I give that to you now, you're off on a wrong track. And then you're going in a direction that you think I'm okay with because I'm answering your prayer. Are you all with me? So you don't want that to happen and he doesn't want to be responsible for leading you astray. Do you, do you all get what I just said? That's the reason why he, he, he won't let certain things happen. You, no matter how much you ask, how much you cry. But Lord, I don't ask for much. Can't you give me this? You know, if he's saying no, remember he loves you. It means that you're asking wrong. You're going in the wrong direction. You need to re go back and say, you know what? Forget about the crying and everything. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> Amen? And he'll go, okay, you need to do this. And can I tell you, I will guarantee you this much. You'll go, oh, of course. 
It'll be one of those duh moments. You know, one of those Homer Simpson moments. Kind of like, duh, I should have asked for that first. Of course I should have done that. He'll go, now you can go on to the next thing. Hello. Amen? Anyway. <sighs> really? <sighs> Talk faster. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> so even though this may sound easy, there's a great deal to it. And while we'll be looking at these two verses in some detail... So beginning again, so let's go back to verse 14 again, where the Apostle John says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that we, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. To begin with, the Spirit-filled Bible says, children of God may have confidence of free access and boldness of speech in presenting their requests to God. So let me just take you down this road first, okay? That's brought in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hebrews 4, 16. Let's go and have a look at that quickly. He says, let us come, therefore come boldly to the throne of judgment. Because <laughs> pastor, it's, it's a different transit. No, <laughs> I, I tricked you. Okay, do you know that's that's a, that's a problem, man. You know, sometimes we just worried to go there because we walk in there and just about be, just before we ask, God goes, <clears throat> "You come in here to ask me something? You all know what you did last week. You haven't repented over that yet." If he reminds you, he won't do it like that. Okay? It's a throne of grace. He'll go, come on in, sweetheart. Okay. So, what do we need today? And you go, well, daddy. I <laughs> okay? And you give him a request. He'll go, now, before I can do this, you need to clear the way. Okay? You need to come into the light. You're kind of in the darkness a little bit. And you need to let go of this. And you need to repent of that. As soon as you do, we're there. Okay. Sorry, Lord, for having a bad attitude towards my whatever. And sorry, Lord, I won't do it again. Now, did you mean it? Well, as much as I could. Okay, that'll do for the moment. We'll work on that a little bit more later on. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you this is what will happen. And you go, okay, so what do you, what do you need? So you, you tell him, oh, so I want this. And then he'll start to talk to you about that. And then he'll come back to this as we're moving towards giving you that. He said, now have you let go of this yet? How is this going? Are you all with me? That's the throne of grace. There's not a big stick. <laughs> okay? There's a gentle leading. Can I, can I give you a, the best advice I can ever give you? If God says you need to do something and repent of something, just do it. Don't argue. Because the, the, you know, going from A to B becomes a much shorter line when all of that's taken care of. Suddenly you're there. You know, if you can, can I just, can I give you something here? Let me give you something. How quickly can I get what I'm asking for? How quickly can you repent? <laughs> Did you all get that? Are you all there? Did you get it? Okay, I don't need to say anymore. Let's move on. That's the throne of grace. In his commentary, John MacArthur puts it so well. Notice he said, obtain mercy and find grace. Okay? So in his commentary, John MacArthur puts it so well when he says that Christians can know with absolute confidence that God answers prayer when they approach the throne of grace. See? Because it's a throne of grace. Amen? You don't come on your merits. You don't come, now I've been a really good person. Okay? I didn't kick the cat this week. Didn't swear much. 
Anyway, uh, and, <laughs> you know, please don't swear at all, okay? But I'm just saying, I'm just saying there are people out there, you know, they'll sort of give a list of all these reasons why, God, you should give this to me. No, this is all in the name of Jesus. This is all because the cross paid for it. And for you to come to that place where you can receive what Jesus Christ has paid for with his life requires you to ask God for, to forgive you of whatever sin and whatever is holding you from getting to that cross. Do you all get that? Okay. So, <clears throat> are we going fast enough? Are you all, am I going too fast? Are you good? You good with this? Okay. All right. One more and we'll finish because I'm almost out of time. Yes? All right. Spirit-filled Bible. Let's go there. It says, there is, however, a limitation to the assurance that our prayers will be answered. The New Testament elsewhere bases the assurance on asking in Jesus' name. Okay, so we need to do that. Abiding in Christ and allowing him, uh, His words to abide in us. That's John 15, 7. Having faith. Hello. Okay. <laughs> and being righteous in life. And fervent in prayer. You know, we're going to see those in James 5.16 when we get to the book of James, all right? But, uh, and th that's something else as well. Uh, you know, we'll see how we go with that. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting that we might do a few different things in the coming weeks and months, all right? So keep your ears open and, and watch out for that. So each of these things are essential to answer prayer. Do I need to go over those things? Okay, l let me just quickly... One of the things you need to do is you need to ask in Jesus' name. It's really sad. I've seen so many times people pray, you know, and they say, uh, you know, in the name of God or something else. But dude, don't go in the name of God. Jesus is the one that died. Jesus is the one that paid the price. It's in his name. He, and we're going to look at these. In fact, oh, that, that's the next week. I just, it's too much. But we're going we're to come and look at... You know, when we ask in Jesus' name, I'll, I'll tell you what's coming, okay? Okay. So we're going to find out when God the Father is involved and when Jesus is involved. But in both cases, we ask in His name. Do you all understand? Either way, we need to ask in His name. But who, who supplies the need, uh, you know, depending on that need, will depend on, you know, what you're actually doing. So I, I don't want to sort of give you all that straight away, but I want you to understand in either case, whether it's Jesus answering the prayer, whether it's God the Father answering the prayer, it's all in his name. Has to be. Okay. So that's the, again, asking in Jesus' name, abiding in Christ and allowing his words abide in us. You know, we need to understand that for us to ask, we need to have the word of God on the inside of us. Do you understand? You know, that's where assurances come from and also where our prayers come from. One of the things that I've realized is that people have trouble praying. Let me give you some, let me give you an insight here, okay? I found this, it was startling actually, and I didn't realize it. I, I, I found that people that have a rich input of the Word of God, okay, in ministry, can pray. They seem to be able to pray a lot stronger than people that are not getting much Word. It's funny how you stop asking God for things and you don't have faith to even go into his presence. People just kind of hope for the best and go from there. But I found that, you know, the more that God that you get and the more word that you get, the more you have something to base your prayer on and your confidence in. Because you say, God, you said, therefore I'm asking. Are you all with me? Amen. And so, if you don't have the you said part, if his words don't abide in you, as much as you abide in him, his words need to abide in you. Then you will ask. 
according to the word. Amen? And you'll have whatever you're asking for. So that was the abiding in Christ part. Okay. Needless to say, you need to ask by faith. Needless to say, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Remember the two things, that you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. You go to him in prayer, he will reward you, he will bless you. And the last thing was uh, being righteous in life and fervent in prayer. You know, those two things really go together. Okay, you, you, you know, in order to be fervent in prayer, you need to not have things hanging over you. You, you know, again, the conde- you know, your heart condemning you. Like I said, it takes a moment in time to get rid of that stuff. Amen? Amen. All right, I, I don't have time. I've run out of time, so we, we might leave it there. I hope you got something out of this today. One of the things I want to do, uh, Chrissy, can I get you up here, sweet? Yeah, I'm doing different things. I am so sorry. Uh, uh, I don't know. Are you okay on the piano or on guitar or something? Yeah. Just, uh, just jump. Which one? Piano is easy, yeah? I know it's out of tune. I'm sorry. I, I want to I wanna do something right now. We won't take long, I promise. But this is for your good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to... I just need some music. Uh, it doesn't matter. I want you guys to close your eyes right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just want to take a moment right now. If we have any sin, anything that is holding us back, I don't want people to carry this around. I, I, Lord, I want them to come into your presence and know that whatever they ask, they'll receive. And Satan, we bind you in Jesus' name. Whatever you are doing in people's lives right now, you just cease and desist in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just pray. I just pray over each and every person right now, Father. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that just moves through this congregation. And Father, I thank you that he just takes out whatever weights there are, whatever burdens there are. Whatever mental traps people are in right now, I just thank you, Father, just freed from all of it. Thank you, Father, that your spirit has what we need. He is the great counselor, the comforter, our standby. And we just thank you right now. We just rest in the spirit. We rest in your presence. And we just thank you, Father, that just all the weight of the week just begins to just flow away from us. Hallelujah. Just flows out. We will not hold on to anything, Lord. We thank you for a new life on the inside of us right now. A strength. Hallelujah. And I just thank you, Father, that each person right now just receives what they need from you. That they will not leave this place without having their need met. And whatever they're believing for God, I just thank you. We just stand together in agreement. I'm assuming that they know to ask according to your will, so I thank you, Lord, right now, that they receive what they're believing for, what they're standing in faith for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God that meets all of our need according to your riches in glory. You are also the God that gives us the desires of our heart. Hallelujah. 
I thank you, Lord, whether it's a need or a desire. We thank you, Lord, that you minister that into our lives right now. That we receive it by faith in the name of Jesus. And I pray for everybody that's watching as well, Father. I thank you that if there are any needs out there, I thank you that right now, in the Spirit, they're being met. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that they will not go another minute without whatever they're believing for. That you are a God that is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And that you are not slow in giving, Lord. We might be slow in getting to you, but you are not slow in giving. Hallelujah. And so we receive, Father, right now, by faith, in the name of Jesus, everything that you have for us this week. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.